Welcome to Box Braids and Bundles, where every episode you will get a three-strand twist of authenticity, motivation, and relatability. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Hello. I feel like we were waiting on something to happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> y'all, this um this program that we use to record the podcast is trash. Garbage. Like awful wow the biggest truck <laughs> i mean a monster fast truck please some little frat bro a just monster. moved in like on the first floor over here like he got a big old like ford f-350 mm-hmm. and that thing is loud he looked like he like fresh out of college too like his whole oh, family wow. moved him in it was like it was like little cousins. Yes, it was little cousins, children with freaking oh, wow. baskets all outside playing. <laughs> Get these motherfuckers out the way. Aww. Oh my goodness. This is his first apartment. Okay. Crazy. Well, <laughs> that's crazy. I know he didn't hit over the head. I remember my first apartment. <laughs> it was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> like it was nice per se. Because of the location, and I had a garage, but it was old and nasty. Like, they had put new um, carpet in my bedroom, but, like, you know, between the wall and the carpet, all through there, it was, um, like, Mm roly-polies. Like, it was infested, like, with (gasps) roly-polies. Y'all, oh, my gosh. Let me tell y'all this story. think I told y'all this story so one day I was getting up to go um to to work and it was like 6 a.m because I had to be at work at 7 and so I used to be up really early so I saw something from the corner of my eye but like it was so early that I was like hell nah like that can't even be a thing like whatever so I peed and I felt something run across my foot oh hell Mm mm-mm my husband was sleep, or well, my boyfriend at the time, was sleep in the bed, and I'm hollering, y'all, hollering, y'all, why is a roach, but the size of the roach was like the size of my foot, I swear on my life. Oh, hell no. So I'm screaming, mind you, we had like a month left in that apartment, and that was the first time I ever seen like this wasn't the roach. This was like, so this was probably the one that um got put on the ark. Noah's ark. <laughs> Shut the hell. <laughs> like this was like a reptile or something. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm screaming and hollering, and my husband wake up like, "Yo, what, 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 what?" So I'm like, it's a rush, it's a rush. And so my dog, so I had like a back, I had like a patio door in my bedroom. So like me and my dog are like on the side, like ducking around the corner. Mind you, I said, oh, where the dog at? Because I was worried about him. He behind me. (laughs) Peeking around the corner. So my husband, like my husband gets a shoe. So he's like, where is it? Where is it? Cause it like ran like under my bed and like was like running towards my closet. Mm-hmm. 
and I saw it and I started gagging, y'all. I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. and my husband's like, where, what, what, what? So he sees it and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> y'all was that big. As soon as he hit it, here I go. Ugh, ugh. Well, I'll tell you about some rushes, but I I had just moved into that apartment. I don't know. Do you remember that? That was like, what, three years ago? I had just moved into that apartment, and they were brand new. They were by some woods and (laughs) saw some roaches run across my uh, tub. I was like, hell no. It happened more than once. I said, oh, that's a big hell no. Went right on downstairs, told them people I cannot live in a roach-infested apartment. Got out of my lease. Only stayed there for one month. Mm. I wouldn't do it either. Luckily, we was about to move. Like, we had, like, new stuff for our new apartment, like, still Mm -hmm. in the boxes, like, in the living room. We had sold the couch. So, we was, like, (laughs) on our way out. I was like, thank you, God. Oh, (laughs) thank you, God. I know I'll be signing a lease somewhere else. Jesus Christ. I can't do bugs. I'd rather find a snake. Girl, hell no. Well, I told y'all about that rat. Facts. Mm -mm. Oh, my gosh. So, Uh Funny story, I was on next door. Somebody was talking about um like their car messed up, like yours, Tracy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, lift the hood and see if a rodent got in there and shoot the wires. Um, because they were like, This is the second time like that that this has happened. Like we have two cars and both cars have gotten hit like this. Like, what's going on in the neighborhood? And somebody was like, Well, Frisco <laughs> got a lot of uh rats, so <laughs> they have a lot of rodents like that. So it's common. Jeffo, you need to check your, like, hood. I do. I need to move my car around. Uh, Girl, I'm going to have somebody else check that. (laughs) Because if a rat rat come out. (laughs) If a rat come out while I'm checking that hood, it's going to be over. They said spray um, essential oils, like peppermint oil, underneath your hood. And that'll deter them. I just saw that today. For sure, check that. I ain't had my car for five <laughs> months. It's death to all squirrels. I see one in the road. I aim for it. <laughs> Reparations. How was y'all's weekend? I spent my weekend eating chicken noodle soup and bundled up, taking medicine. That's how my weekend was. Was it a cold? It was some kind of upper respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sierra, though. She came through. That juice was good, huh? Let me tell you about her. I said that she's just going to do what the hell she want to do. But I appreciate her for doing what the hell she want to do. So I asked her kindly. Well, she had been saying, if you need anything, let me know if you need anything. So I said, okay. <laughs> let me not try to. Oh, let me stop. I said, let me not try to do this on my own. So I texted her. I was like, hey, can you give me this, 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 and this? And one of my items on my list was some cran apple juice that's all I just wanted some cran apple juice so she drops off my stuff she leaves it at the door then calls me it was like hey I left your stuff at the door by the way I just got you some cranberry and elderberry cran and elderberry juice because I thought that would have been better for you so I was like I, I appreciate you for that but damn I want I was I had a taste for that cran apple she's talking about but because that's better for you I said okay <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate you looking out. <laughs> so, Tracy, don't ask her for nothing because she's going to get what you she going to get what she feel like is best. I said, okay, Mama uh, Mama Relaford over there. I said, okay. That wasn't going to do it. 
But it was the juice was good. Thanks. That that wasn't gonna do it. It was, it was good. It was cran and elderberry together. Mm-hmm. And it was a hundred percent juice, so it wasn't like the um, you know, all that sugar. It's a it's not an ocean spray, like yeah, it's ocean spray. It is. They have the hundred percent juice brand, and it don't have like all the extra stuff in it. Mm. I'm gonna have to try that it's out. Good. For this season. It is good, but I it's said, "How you just gonna call?" She didn't. She didn't call and say, "Hey, look, I see you some elderberry. I think that'll be best for you. What do you think?" No, she she made an executive decision. Like, no, just go with the <laughs> to get my juice. Right. You should already know. I feel like we know her well enough. Like when I had text her, because we are thinking about looking for instead of just getting a new apartment just going ahead and starting like the home buying process so i texted her i was like hey so who's your realtor and would you recommend them and she was like i was our realtor and i was like honestly i don't even know why i asked you because why would you hire right. somebody else to do some shit for right. you right when i know who you are that's a dumb question on my part you need somebody to get some shit done it's gonna be sierra <laughs> It's going to be Sierra. Facts. It's going to be Sierra. Without a word <laughs> either. She get it done. You tell her one thing. You don't mention it again. She's going to be like, oh, I did that. That's why you. we work <laughs> out every two weeks, every two days out of the week. <laughs> we told Sierra a long time ago we wanted to, Shout out <laughs> to, to lose you. some weight. She said, okay. <laughs> all right. Boot camp. <laughs> Boot camp starts on Tuesday. What is boot camp? I was like, wait, hold on. This like the one coming up in a couple okay. days. And boot camp has it been. Ain't stop yet. Stop. I appreciate hey, it. Hey yo, that's hilarious. I appreciate it. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Well, <laughs> how was your weekend, Tracy? It was great. I didn't do a motherfucking thing. The last month for me was pretty hectic. So this is like the first weekend where I sat on my ass and did absolutely not a thing. So the gym is probably going to kill me this weekend because I ate like shit and did not move, but I had a good time. Well, good. How was your weekend? Well, it was good. Um, my, I went, you know what y'all? So I went to Kai on Saturday because that's where um, my husband wants to go for his birthday, obviously. But Y'all, it wasn't good. Really? Like, even the surface wasn't good. <gasps> I know. I'm shocked, too. I was so disappointed. Like, I had to send my drink back and to get another drink. And, like, even the drink. Y'all know the drink I usually get, the um, A Night in Bangkok. It was, like, wow. it wasn't even sweet. Hmm. I was so mad. I got the, the Pad Thai, Jericho. Uh-huh. Horrible. Horrible. Oh, they were just off. Horrible. They must have been off. Terrible. The sushi wasn't good. You know, I really like sushi, but the sushi that this time it really tastes like, you know, there wasn't no Asians making it. Obviously, I could see the kitchen um from where we uh-huh. seated. We sat on the other side too, which was weird. I never sat on the other side. It just it just wasn't good. Like our our waiter, he had an attitude kind of like he did say it had been a night, but right. I don't care. Like, oh. it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a vibe. Like, my husband, when we walked in, he was like, it's quiet in here. <laughs> I was like. Maybe they changed management or I something. I should have known them. I don't know, but I didn't like that. 
Oh no. So that's weird. We went to um we went to Legacy Hall after and we just got some drinks. Um and then yesterday I spent the day like cleaning and just like getting my house ready for fall, decorating, stuff like that. I got a facial though Saturday morning. Oh my gosh. So I go to this lady. Um, she's a black esthetician and she is a black esthetician in in like this area that we live in. And so th- it's very rare to find black beauty providers up here. I usually have to go um, <laughs> south of 635. So she's just so amazing. She has her new suite is really nice. I've been going to her for a few years now, but I only go to her once a year. This time I bought like two additional facials because with my facial, she did the dermaplaning and then she also did a hand and foot massage and mask. Amazing. 1010 would recommend if you need her information, hit me up on Instagram. I will send thee. Have you ever done dermaplaning before? I think I have once because you know my mom's an esthetician, but I really needed it this time. I think the lady that I went to, I did it one time and I don't know if she did it wrong, but I, I wish I'd never did it. I have like this permanent like peach fuzz on my face now. I never had like a fuzzy face before I got that done. And now I have like my makeup doesn't. That's why I don't wear face makeup anymore because it won't sit flat on my skin because I have like this little it's very, very faint. Like you have to hover above my skin to feel it. But now I have like oh, this wow. layer of peach fuzz. And I don't know if she did it wrong or if, like, once you dermaplane, you have to keep dermaplaning. I hate it. Mm, I don't know, but (laughs) I loved it. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, today, it's funny because we were talking about how y'all were saying that if y'all want something done, then ask me. Our conversation today (laughs) is going to be around burnout. (laughs) And ways of coping with that and what that looks like for you and how to identify that in yourself. So backstory, two things. One more recently, um, my spouse works really hard. I think I've talked about it on the show. He is a football coach and a teacher, educator, and he works seven days a week. So I noticed that he um, would be like really tired. Like we would be going somewhere. He'd be like sleep in the car or like just his schedule is like outrageous. Nobody should work that many hours in a week, to be honest, especially getting paid what they what they get paid. Um, So I took it upon myself to call his head coach. And I know that sounds crazy. It took me a while to be comfortable with the decision of doing such because, you know, you don't want to just overstep and call nobody boss. (laughs) But after talking with um, my husband's head coach, it's something that he realized that was happening. And he just, I guess he just was too in the mojo of things to stop and you know, take heed and and make sure that his coaches had proper like rest and proper work-life balance. So also in the past, it was around the time I was getting married. I was building the house at the same time. um, And then also obviously working. 
I am one of those people that can get a lot of things done and I prefer to get it done myself because I know what I want and I can do it in the time that I want it to be done. And that is not any shade to anybody else that does anything for me. It's just I'm very particular, though I am learning to allow people to do things like things for me, too, like Jericho said. But I was doing all of that. Oh, and I was, I think, had I, that was kind of after the bachelorette party (laughs) in Vegas. And y'all know how that, (laughs) how much of a toll that whole thing was. (laughs) One day we'll talk about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I was immensely stressed out. Now, when you're buying a house, Everything can go smoothly at first, right? Especially if you get the house that you want. After that, it's kind of washing your money, making sure you don't spend anything, et cetera, et cetera. But like when you're closing, it's literally, I feel like any and everything pops up, right? So we were um, de- where we were almost dependent on like a grant or something for our closing costs or our down payment. It was down payment assistance because we our wedding was like over twenty k. So we had put everything like into our wedding, and we really we had a little extra money for the house, but we really didn't at the same time. Also. With buying the house, we got the house on a whim. And I know that sounds crazy, but we went looking for a house one weekend. We knew the house we wanted to go see. We hated it. Put in this um, neighborhood address in the Google. It was literally right, the neighborhood right next door. Went, the guy that was in the model home at the time, um, the seller, he convinced us to just do a pre-approval application. We did the pre-approval, got approved, and then the the ball started rolling. So we were looking for a house, but we were not serious, if that makes sense. Like we would go to open houses, but it would be like once every two to three months. Like it wasn't even that deep. So we didn't have really have any money aside to buy a house because we were getting married. We wanted everything into our um we put everything into our wedding so the broker or the lender calls me like a week before closing two weeks before the wedding and's like your grant fell through we didn't get it in time we didn't do it in time and so they ran ran out of funds and i will never forget i was on my way home Um, from work, somebody was blowing up my phone about some tables that had nothing to do with me that were left at my house from my bridal shower. And they were like pressing me about these tables as if I stole these tables. Like, oh, so-and-so said they were going to take these tables back here. And you're you're a bridesmaid, um, have the tables and my mom needs her tables back. And I'm like, yo, like I have other things to, to do with. If you wanted your tables, you should came and got them or whoever worked this whole deal out should have made sure you had your tables back. Like mm. this has nothing. I didn't ask for these tables. <laughs> and so I have this person on my phone. I, I'm like talking to my lender. I break down crying on the way home. 
I'm telling him like, I I can't do this. Like this is too much. It's two weeks before my wedding. Da, 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 da. And he's like, Oh my god. <laughs> he's like, It's okay. It's okay. Everything's fine. I'm like, No, it's not fine. I just can't do this anymore. It's just too much. And so I hang up with him, and I actually call my husband. My husband is literally about to walk on the field to go coach. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, you need to handle it. So luckily, he was a good sport about it. And he just took the whole process. But at that moment, I literally broke. Like, I couldn't do anything else for the process after that. I couldn't do any wedding stuff. I couldn't do any house stuff. I I couldn't do anything. Like, literally two weeks before. And I think that may have been why I was so calm my wedding day. Because two weeks before that, I wasn't doing shit. Like, <laughs> I couldn't. Like, I literally couldn't. Like, anytime I wanted to do something, do something for work, um, some extra hours because I was going to be out for so long, do something for the wedding or look at some furniture for the house, I just, it, my body would not allow me. And I called it the break. And ever since that, I'm always cognizant about my breaking points um, and when I burn out because I felt it come almost on a lot of different occasions. So I just want to quickly go over what burnout is. So according to verywellmind.com, burnout is a reaction to prolonged or chronic job stress or any other stress. Um, It's characterized by three main dimensions, exhaustion, cynicism, and feelings of reduced professional ability. And and it relates to, to jobs. Have you guys ever experienced burnout? Um, I would say that I'm experiencing burnout currently Um, in the profession that I am in. It's very taxing and the so I've had my breakdown, you know. I I'm also like considering other options outside of the profession that I'm in currently because it is not it's no longer what I came in for the profession. Like I, I no longer get that anymore. Like I came in, I'm a, I'm an educator guys. Um, and I, I came in it for the kids. Um, and I love working with kids, but being an educator has so many more things that kind of outweigh work, just working and really being able to interact with kids. And so I am currently experiencing that. And I think I, I, when I experience burnout, I kind of go through like this cycle like of frustration and then again like that breakdown or that just break like breakdown and then kind of like a breakthrough and now like me after experiencing my my latest breakdown I again I'm searching for like something new like what can I do or trying to tap into what else can I do aside from being an educator or what can I do that's not being in the classroom, but still kind of being in that field? Like, is that something that I want to do? So right now I'm just kind of trying to figure out what avenue that I'm going to go into after, 
after this year? I didn't think what I experienced was burnout until like this very conversation. I was working as a PRN for the hospital at the time. So basically what a PRN is supposed to be is just like an as needed employee. Like basically I can't cover these shit, these two shifts next week. I need you to come work. That was not the type of PRN schedule I had. I worked 40 hours a week and they had like unlimited approved overtime. So sometimes I was working 60 hours a week or 72 hours a week, whatever they needed. I wanted to make the money and you make more money when you work overnight. So like there were days where I was getting off at 1230 a.m. and I was back at 6 a.m. for my next shift. And legally, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to have like at least eight hours in between shifts. But because I was a PRN, uh, they could get around that, I guess. Anyways, I ended up having some like personal health issues. And I was telling my boss like, hey, I'm not going to be able to work for like a couple of weeks. Like I need to deal with this, yada, yada, yada. At first, she expressed understanding. She was like, do what you need to do to heal yourself, take the time that you need. And then maybe two or three days passed and she gave me a call. She was like, hey, like I said, I understand what you're going through, but like, I need you to work. Can you come in? And I know what you're dealing with. So I don't need you to work a full shift. I need you to work like four hour shifts a day. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, like I'm not done dealing what I'm dealing with neither physically nor emotionally. I'm not going to be a good employee if I come to work, so I'd rather not work at all. And that turned into like, well, we need the hour, so you need to do something. Like somebody has to work it. So I was like, okay, work it. Like you're the manager. That turned into like a whole HR thing. And at that moment, I realized like I am just a number to these people. Like you, you claim to understand what I was going through and it said you've been through that before yet here you are telling me like okay like get over it we need you to work and that is when I begin to say no because before then there was never a time Tracy I need you to work this cool I got it I ain't got nothing to do I got you but after that moment it turned into like nope don't want to not going to don't have to. You have a good day. You get that manager pay, you work those hours. Um, so now I am very protective of how I feel. And I'm, I am I check in with myself a lot. And if I don't feel like it, I am not going to. And I think I've discussed that on this show before. I am very protective of my peace. As soon as I feel it being disturbed, you can have a good day. Yeah, I'm honestly the same way. Now, I will push it a little bit um, at times where I feel that it's warranted because I still want to put out a good product and I still pride myself on being reliable because not, you know, everybody doesn't have somebody reliable in their life. Like having somebody reliable, that's a that means a lot. So I, I still pride myself on being that. But. I I will say no and I will put boundaries especially with with work because work is one of my triggers. 
and and that's where I put a lot of emphasis on life. And so, especially after COVID, when you just get laid off because it's a Tuesday, I changed my whole mindset about how much I put into it and how far I let myself be um, be burnt out. Um, some signs of burnout would be um, gastrointestinal problems. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely yes. Um high blood pressure, poor immune function, so getting sick more often, um reoccurring headaches. Oh, yes. Sleep issues. Yes. <laughs> Concentration issues. And I could be, I think I might be going through a slight burnout right now. Um depressed mood, feeling worthless, loss of interest or pleasure. And suicidal identification. So like thinking suicidal thoughts. I don't feel like I'm all the way burnt out right now. I think that my husband going through what he has recently gone through and what he's going through now has kind of made me shine a light on my habits right now. But I do think that there is a piece of me right now that just still hasn't gotten my balance Right. Like I really need to do better at rest, like sleeping at night. Like I need to have a bedtime. Like <laughs> I got to get on my old old lady shit with that because <laughs> I be waking up in the middle of the night. That should be making me tired all the rest of the next day. Then I want to be active. So, you know, incorporating that. But there's I have taken some really really great strides um, at the end of this year. And I'm proud of myself because I think a few years ago, like when I, when I had that burnout, I, Mm -hmm. I I wasn't doing anything fun. Like nothing was fun anymore. (laughs) My wedding wasn't fun. Building this house wasn't fun. I didn't, I really didn't have my, my, it was during football season. My husband wasn't around much. I didn't really have anyone up here. I didn't have anyone that I could um, relate to because I was the only one getting married <laughs> or the only one married or the only one building a house. Only, like It was just, I just, I felt like I was on in an ocean by myself. And I think that also can contribute to burnout when you internalize a lot of things that you're feeling. So I encourage everyone if they are, feeling like they're burnt out to take heed now and start doing some things that make you feel a little better and relieved. Like for me, drinking tea, now working out, and then just like doing more things outside of my house. Like I've realized that being in my house, although I love it, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into building it. (laughs) Um, I didn't actually build it, obviously, but still, I need to free myself from it. A lot of times Um, because of COVID, you know, being locked up in here. And then I work from home at one point in time, 100 percent. It can feel like a prison sometimes and that can make you go a little stir crazy. So I've noticed that I got to get away from certain things like going outside more. Do you think you can confuse burnout with boredom or do you think they are one and the same? Um, well, they say here, actually, 
glad you asked that. You can come, you can not confuse, but burnout and depression have similar symptoms. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar symptoms. Also, with boredom, I think with boredom, you just kind of have to act on what you want to do. A lot of times we're bored because we're indecisive and we're not. Like I told my husband, um, he was ordering something like some food or something. We were ordering something. And I was like, you need to be assertive in what you want. This is your birthday. We're doing things for you. Tell me what you want. And I think that's the same thing when it comes to being bored. What do you want to do? You need to know what you want to do. And then if you want to do something, do it. You know, ask somebody to do it with you or be comfortable in doing it you know, alone. I think like, okay, quick deep dive here. Like, okay. So growing up, I wasn't allowed to do much. I could only do what my parents told me I can do. And that was it. So as I've gotten older, when people ask me like, well, what are your Mm -hmm. hobbies? What do you like to do? I don't know. I don't, I have no idea at the old age of 30. I still don't know. Like when people ask me what my hobbies are, mm, eat, chill, shop, watch a movie. I don't know. You like to dance. You like to play games like video games. You was making rugs at one point in time. I mean, but I also feel like that's like, I've it's undiagnosed, but I do feel like there's some ADHD (laughs) in there. And I feel like I hyper fixate on things like, Cause rugs was really interesting. Like I'll pick a subject and I'll study the fuck out of it. I'll buy all the materials I need and then I'll do it for maybe a month or two. And then I'll never touch that shit again. And then I'm on to the next thing. Like I'll see a cool craft on TikTok, and I think, yeah, I could do that. I'm going to do that. That looks fun. And the cycle repeats itself. So are these hobbies or are these like quick hyper fixations? It's nothing wrong with, with it switching again, it up though. I mean, Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nothing wrong i mean where does it end i've got materials so i, I could up, do a bunch of I crafts took up craft, right now i took up because I, I did shirts i took up photography and my cl- camera is now collecting dust i mean you know it's just <laughs> same i think it's just yeah i mean you have to find your niche your niche and like at the end of the day, we are young. You know, we're still really young and we have time. Hell, we don't have kids. You don't want for you to have kids and your life starting to revolve around them. Like, <clears throat> So, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Because y'all know my mama. My mama was strict as hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> she was like, God. You know, you never wanted to like be in the middle of doing something you weren't supposed to do and then look up and see her. Like it was like, like, am I gonna really die? I think I'm dying already. Like, and she didn't let me do a lot either. I like I never got to go to like the little kids clubs that everybody got to go to. I never got to go to like slumber parties. Like I never got to, go, I never got to do anything. Like my mama had to meet everybody, mama, <laughs> and she only allowed me to have certain friends. <laughs> really, like until I got into high school, she was she was more lenient. But honestly, when I got out from under that, I was so relieved because I could do anything I wanted. 
if I want to wake up and start flipping eggs and like make all the eggs in my carton and just like make them all, I could do that. If I wanted to say, okay, I'm, I'm waking up this morning. I'm, you know what? I'm going to move to LA. I could do that. Like I was so like excited to just, the world was my oyster. So maybe think of it like that. You can do anything you want to do. Don't limit yourself to finding something that limits what you're, what you can do. You don't have to find a hobby so you can be known as the person that reads. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or you don't have to just do that. Like be confident and, you know, yeah. I can do a lot of different things. I feel like it's so much more expensive as an adult to find out what you like to do. Like I compare myself to my boyfriend who grew up in like a, I guess, I don't want to say culture rich. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but he grew up in Chicago. So there's activities everywhere. Like there are schools for music. There are schools for like filmmaking. So if you find something you're interested in, you go to that school or that after school program. And like they, they craft that and they carve you out into the person like, where you can turn that into some money to make or whatever. But now as an adult, like you find an adult music class and she's like 260 for three classes. No, I totally get, I get that. Cause even like when we lived in Austin, like I was in tennis, my mama had us in Zachary Scott, like theater. Like we had all, we were in all the, all of the things. And I, I even got in Zachary Scott on a scholarship. Like she didn't have to pay nothing, but I had to do the writing, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> Growing up in Colleen, it was a strip club, a subway, and putt putt until they closed it down. <laughs> like there was literally it was, nothing. Don't do that. There was nothing don't to do, do in Colleen. Nothing. Don't at do that. All. You know, you know they had all them um, youth centers. What youth centers? They had all those club where the grown ass teenagers hog everything. So if you are <laughs> under the age of fifteen, good luck. You're sitting on the bleachers until your mom comes to get you, because the teenagers took everything away. <laughs> They had like 18 of them. I swear. There were three. <laughs> I went to all of them. The one that was on freaking veterans. Absolutely not. <laughs> Scared to smile in oh, there no, because they might steal me. your teeth. <laughs> no. And then the one, the one off of uh, WS Young, that was a teen center. So when I was going to the boys and girls club or whenever my mom was paying that little membership or whatever, I wasn't old enough to go there. And then I don't think they opened the third one until like I was dang near in high school. My mama, um, my mama ex-boyfriend mama used to work at one of those. And so we used to go like with her, like to work. I was not a fan of the Boys and Girls Club. And that one on Veggie, they have no air. They had one <laughs> big old fan. Mm-mm. So like uh, there was like community center sports and stuff. But even that was ghetto, like. I swear, my cheer coach at the community club, she was doing meth. She was on something. Mm. So was my Girl Scout leader. I did a few activities here and there, but at the same time, it was nothing like, I don't know. I feel like I see my peers that are parents, like they'll sign their kids up for everything that they can afford. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And then whatever you decide that you like, we'll stick with that. I didn't get put in any activities. Like I had to beg my mom. Like, hey, I want to try this. Yeah. And it was, my mom wasn't always the most 
encouraging with things. Granted, she was there. She showed the hell up too much sometimes. Love you, mom. Um, like mom was at the practice. She was the chaperone for the overnight trips. Jesus Christ, I live with you. Please give me some space. This is my thing. <laughs> I feel like I made she did not miss. I made most of my friends because they knew my mama. Which is she weird. She did not miss her anyway, practice. But like, I don't know. I'm I'm too old to use childhood as an excuse, but I'm still like I'm still trying to figure it the fuck out. Well, I think that you need to re- you need to um define let me not say you need to because that's very accusatory in my thought process. Redefine what adulthood looks like for you. Or define what adulthood looks like for you or what you want it to look like. And then just start working slowly working towards making that reality. But I feel like for me, that's, I, I don't want to keep using, but like, I'm not giving you excuses, but like, okay, on my 30th birthday, when I told, y'all, nothing. I told y'all I cried, it's because, it's because I realized like my perception of what I thought 30 should look like is not what 30 feels like. So I wasn't sad, but it was like, damn, like, and I still have, I mean, I've only been 34 months. But, uh, like, I still, sometimes I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, bro, I'm 30. I feel like a child. <laughs> well, that's good. Shit. Is it? Cause I don't know. 30 really? looked so different when I was a kid. I thought, like, yeah, like, it looked 85. <laughs> Not in the face. Just, I guess, yeah. Money, the dollar is very different. Very. It's very different. <laughs> different very now. different. We are going to be 90 and five. <laughs> We're going to be 90 and look like Karen from uh, Real Housewives. <laughs> I just finished watching that before I came in here. That's crazy. But I um, I just wanted to, to kind of bring that up um, to everyone's awareness because that, I feel like that's a theme that I've seen over the past month. Um, it's like signs of burnout and what that looks like and really honing into like, if you're feeling these things, you know, start doing steps before you get to the point of no return. I call it a break. You can call it whatever else you want to call, but it ain't where you want to be at. Because like I told my husband, when it's, when you burn out, you burn out, you can't do nothing. So, um, just make sure to take care of yourself. That's all I had. Hope y'all enjoyed that conversation. <laughs> Any tidbits to add, Jericho? No, I think Sierra summed it up pretty well. Samesies. Well, all right, guys, that's our show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Box Braids and Bundles Pod and Twitter at BB and B Pod. And we'll see you back in our chair in two weeks. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.